first of all, thank you so much, Ella, for coming on the podcast today. I'm very excited to have you here, and I'm sure everybody listening is going to be very excited from the, the stories that you have to tell. And I guess to go ahead and kickstart things today, if you wouldn't mind just to introduce yourself to everybody and kind of give us a little background of who you are and, and how it is that you got started. Hey, um, I'm Ella Patrick. I also go by the moniker Mama Molasses, and I'm a musician. I'm originally from North Carolina and moved up to Bristol, Virginia a couple years ago. And um, yeah, I got started just touring around and sort of stumbled onto this community, which I think is really cool and has a lot going on. And it looks like a lot of your background is more in like uh, says like classic country and folk and things like that. So I think that the the Bristol area is definitely a great fit for you to be in. So how long have you been in the Bristol area? So I've been here about two years, and um, before that I was in Asheville, so not too far away. And um, I went to college there, and I knew of this area. As I was telling you before, when we were talking, because I used to work in rural retreat at a summer camp there, um, so I had sort of connections to this region through that, and um, I found out about the Birthplace of Country Music Museum, which what I thought was really cool. Uh, I studied old time and, and bluegrass in school, so yeah, that was sort of how I ended up here, was just touring and playing. I think it can always be exciting because I, I like to hear how people find different areas that they live in. Uh, back when I used to work in retail, I would meet people that had moved here from really all over the world. And I was always fascinated, like, how did you find this particular place? You know, and, and I'm, I'm not talking like Bristol that, you know, is pretty built up on the map. But I, I live in a small town called Glade Spring. And it's like, how did you find out about Glade Spring? Because we don't really have anything in our town that promotes the area but typically what happens is somebody comes here on vacation or they learn about something in like your, your case the birthplace of country music museum and things and then they just fall in love with it and then find one of these communities to settle in and i think it's really cool because i mean it's, it's a very welcoming area so i mean especially for artists like it's it's a great place to get going and i guess when we're talking about getting started with things and new adventures and stuff. How did you kind of fall in line with music? Like where did you find that, that passion and that drive for music? Um, so I grew up, um, in North Carolina in a small town. It's called Carthage. And, um, I grew up playing viola in school. And then I also sang a bunch in church, like a lot of people in the South. And our church had a bluegrass band, which I was really enamored with. Um, and my uncle played uh, the guitar and taught me a bunch of old music. You know, one of the first songs he taught me was Wildwood Flower. And um, he was he really loved the Carter family and Johnny Cash. And um, the community that I grew up in, <clears throat> um, a lot of the folks, that are local are Highland Scotch. So my family came there from the Alaska, which is the, I guess, highest, most island in, in Scotland. So the whole murder ballad thing and that is very much in that community. 
Um, so I definitely grew up around it. My across the street neighbor was an amazing uh, Piedmont blues guitarist. So I, so I had that as well. So growing up, I was definitely surrounded by folk music and um, gospel and and country bluegrass, that sort of thing. Um, even though I felt like I rebelled against it a bunch um, and didn't necessarily like feel a part of it um, because I was always an artist. But yeah, I started uh, playing the guitar when I was a preteen and just kind of continued. And then when I went to college at Warren Wilson and I was interested in that college, maybe for other reasons, um, because they're all about ecological sustainability, and that's something that I've always really um, been interested in. But they had an old Tom and bluegrass program, and me playing the viola and uh, guitar, and um, I just I ended up taking a bunch of classes and being really into it. And afterwards. I wasn't necessarily going to like play out or anything like that, but I started playing in a, a few bands in Asheville, played fiddle, and then I eventually started writing music and um, just found it was something that I could do and make money at. <laughs> so um, I kept doing it. Well, that's awesome. And I was looking at some of your uh people that you've kind of looked up to throughout the years. And I've seen that, you know, it, your likeliness can be shared with listeners of like Patsy Cline and Maybelle Carter. And, and I noticed Janis Joplin too. And I think that's a, a really neat mix there. I, I know my fiance, Janis Joplin is like her biggest inspiration in the music world. That's like her number one go to and she's always just kind of looked up to her as my fiance she she sings as well not in like a band or anything but but she absolutely loves doing that and i don't know i, I really like your your style there I, I remember listening to patsy klein when i was a kid raised up in a family with my grandparents we would sit around and watch the grand old opry and yeehaw and all these old shows and hear all this old time country music and i think that that style of country music really shines through still to this day. And I hear a lot of people today, even younger generations saying, you know, that's real country music, that those roots is what made it. And, and, and I've listened to some of your music too. And I can, I can really hear that. Like uh, you could tell that there's a lot of thought and emotion that go in, goes into your music. It's not just you're writing a song just to write one. You actually have put meaning behind it. And I think that's great when artists do that nowadays. Yeah, I'm, uh, that's so sweet. Like, that's just so nice. <laughs> so nice. Um, but I'm an audiophile. Like, I just always have been. I don't know. I'm, like, obsessed with music. And um, growing up, uh, you know, my, my parents grew up in the 60s. And <laughs> they were hippies. Uh, so that's had a huge effect on me, like, I'm I'm basically a hippie, or as we call them back home, a rippy, like a redneck hippie. <laughs> um, so that's just something that I I love Janice. She's my spirit animal. I used to have a van named Janice, um, <laughs> and Patsy Klein and 
old music like that, I just, for some reason, really gravitate towards when I first started writing uh, music, it just sounded old like that. And I was kind of a little bit confused because I wanted to be more rock and roll and wanted to be like a cool indie rocker or something like that. Um, But I definitely just, for whatever reason, gravitate towards writing older music. And it makes sense now looking at it, you know, with my musical background, like I grew up in a rural area, you know, um, listening to a lot of gospel and country music even though I detest pop country music. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But yeah, so it's had a huge influence on me and I love old things. I've always lived in old houses um, and uh, enjoy just like historical things for whatever reason. So yeah, but I love Janice. (laughs) I I think... From hearing what you say, it sounds like, uh, you know, the, in in older things, whether we're talking antiques or houses or music or whatever, I feel like the thing that defines those things is character, is, is there's a story there. Whereas if you have something new, it's it's like when I go to a guitar shop, you know, I, I bought a brand new guitar. It's all clean and nice and neat. But the first thing I wanted to do is like, I, I kind of want to ding it up, but I'm not going to like just purposefully do that but over the years you know as it gets these nicks and dings like that's something i enjoy with instruments because each one it's a different story be like oh yeah that's when we played that festival at this outdoor summer concert and i fell off the stage with my guitar and it broke my fall and that's why there's a chip in the back of it like those are cool stories to tell like uh, right before the pandemic started i bought a new guitar amp and it was this uh, fender tweed reissue and it was just full of like stains and cigarette burns and all this stuff. And and my friend that went with me is like, you don't want to buy that, do you? That thing's kind of beat up. Why don't you buy a new one? I'm like, but this one, this one's got character. It's got style. It's got stories. And it's going to sound 10 times better than something new. So I can totally relate where you're coming to with, with liking a lot of these old things. And I think that's something great, especially in this day and age, is to be able to look back on the roots and, and, and see these things. And, uh, one of the things I'll say, um, about Janice Joplin, uh, too. And one of the things that interests interests me about, uh, country music is sort of, uh, it's connection to blues music. And the further back you go, like I'm obsessed with Jimmy Rogers and he's another reason why I decided to move to this area and um, just how bluesy his music is. And it really makes you realize that these genres that we now have sort of encased into things back then weren't so encased. And I think Americana music, which is now kind of a lens that musicians are looking back on all these genres, whether American genres, whether it's rock or blues or country or whatever, and kind of fusing them back together um, is something that I'm interested in. And um, I should say my stage name, Mama Molasses, comes from a musician, Michael Hurley, from a song lyric, and he was part of the Holy Modal Rounders, which is a group in the 1960s folk revival 
that really brought back old time music, but they were doing it through like a psychedelic lens. So I always have this interest in like looking back at the past and kind of putting a contemporary stamp on it, if that makes sense. Um, and, and genre bending and like seeing the connection between different forms of music, you know? Yeah, I can totally relate to that. And, and I was thinking when you were talking about how you wanted to try to do like this indie or like this, even this rock style, and then how you said you've kind of drifted into the style that you're currently in. And I think there's something to say with that as well as, you know, a lot of times we try to set out to do certain things in the world, but then the world kind of shows us what we're supposed to do in some ways. I know like from a photography standpoint, when I first started, I'm like, I'm going to do commercial photography. I want to take pictures portraits and make lots of money and be this world-renowned photographer but that got old really fast and I found out that the best for me was landscapes and nature because that's where I connect with the most is the outdoor world and then it's like you know when you start creating things for you that's when the things start to get meaning and I feel like you know all these people we've talked about and and your music included is is exactly that is you're creating something from from inside and then that that really shows and it's not like you're not just doing it to collect a paycheck or just to make music you're doing it to to mean something and i think that is fantastic and i know before the interview started we we actually were talking about a radio show that that you're a part of uh and i figured maybe now would be a good time you could talk about that for a little bit yay yeah so (laughs) i i do you're so good at this Um, I do a radio program for Radio Bristol, which broadcasts live from the birthplace of country music museum here in Bristol. And it's every Wednesday from 2 to 3 p.m. And my program is called Folk Yeah. And it focuses on the folk revival of the 1960s and sort of tracing that to roots and Appalachian folk music and also expanding it beyond. So I will play like indie folk artists and, you know, there's a space for contemporary folk within that program. Um, But yeah, but it does focus on the folk revival of the 1960s. So check it out. Um, It's pretty cool. I really enjoy doing it. And Wednesdays from 2 to 3 p.m. on Radio Bristol. Now, is that, can you listen to that on, like, online as well as, like, the radio, or where, where some places listeners could tune into that? For sure. You can go to www.listenradiobristol.org, and you can click on the live stream if you're wanting to listen at home, or you can go into the archives and actually find my show, Folk Yeah!, and you can listen to previous episodes that I did. So if you want to like binge stream <laughs> this <laughs> program, you can do that. That is kind of the the era that we're living in is with with the binging of these things. And and to everybody listening, uh, there will be links provided to anything that we talk about today. So if you want to check out more of either Ella's work and her social media pages and her music, that'll be in there as well as the Radio Bristol links. So don't feel like you can't find it because we'll definitely be providing those links for you. So I guess with the times 
that's going on now, I'm, I'm sure that the pandemic and everything has probably put a dampening on your ability to play out and perform. So I'm just kind of curious, your experiences prior to COVID, did, did you play at like different festivals? Were you ever part of like Rhythm and Roots or anything like that? And then how did COVID affect you? And have you found ways that you can kind of get around with the current state of the pandemic? Yeah, so before COVID, I was doing pretty well. Um, I have played at Rhythm and Roots and was going to play this coming year and um, several other small theaters and festivals. It was exciting because I was actually getting to that point where I was playing more, you know, real theater shows. But I definitely grew up in the brew scene um, because I was in Asheville, you know, and in North Carolina. Um, So for the past, I guess, four years I've been doing this. I go between playing small venues like breweries um, and, and I love going to like rural towns um, and I generally go, you know, North Carolina, Tennessee, Virginia, South Carolina, like kind of that region and being here is great for that because you can kind of skip to different places real easy. Um, so yeah, there was uh, <laughs> a time when I would play any gig that was tossed at me. Um, but more recently, like I said, I've been getting better gigs, so it's just like it building on itself, I guess, which is a cool thing. And before COVID, I had recorded an album, which still needs to be finished here at Classic Recording, uh, in Bristol. And, um, so things were going well, uh, (laughs) and then COVID happened. I went down to Raleigh, North Carolina and was playing a really beautiful room there uh, called Magnolia Roots Lounge. And they usually have a good crowd there. And like five people were there and two of them were my mama and my aunt. So that was on March 14th. So like the bottom just drops out like super quick. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is crazy you know, because this was supposed to be, you know, a good show, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden, no one was there. And the next day, I guess, was when um, they started locking stuff down. Or maybe it was that Monday. So when that happened, um, you know, I think we all were in shock. And I had a friend of mine come over and we wrote this song y'all can look it up it's called uh the coronavirus blues and we were just kind of joking about it like joking about toilet paper and like needing to do needing to have time to do our taxes and like made this song and at the time it it felt sort of surreal like I didn't think it was going to last that long maybe a couple weeks um but that was like the beginning of my streaming and I jumped into live streaming really quickly which is interesting because I've never done it before (laughs) until COVID maybe once I had done it maybe once um I actually had this is total side note but when I was at the Southwest Virginia Welcome Center there was a psychic there and he came up to me during my performance and told me that I needed to be live streaming more uh, so kind of interesting synchron- synchronicity there. But 
I started live streaming a bunch. Um, I've been super duper lucky. I've had great response from friends and fans, people, you know, requesting covers and paying me for them. Um, one of my friends started a online group, Cameron Ragsdale, who's an excellent musician in his own right, but also plays bass for Mama Molasses. Uh, started this group called The Happeneers, and it's an online streaming community. So they have streams like all day and all night. It's, I think it's like from noon to 4 a.m. So I do a weekly stream for them and have been even during deep COVID. Uh, and that kind of helps because they put it up on their page and they have people that follow them. Um, so I've been, I've tried to make it to where I have like a weekly stream because, you know, I very much consider myself like a working musician. So it's been important me, important to me to kind of have that, um, you know, just a schedule where I'm definitely going to do a stream every week and, and, and people know, and I think that that's kind of helped it build in a way. Um, I should say today, actually, I'm doing a stream for the U.S. Botanic Garden. Um, I was supposed to play a folk festival series for them, and that's going to be up and um, that was actually pre-recorded and it's super nice. Uh, my friend Rebecca Branson Jones videotaped it and it's, it's so beautiful. But anyway, so I've been streaming, continue to be streaming, um, always be streaming. <laughs> and then also in this area, we are having places that are opening for business that are having music and stuff and I have to thank Middle Fork Records and John McLaughlin for getting me a bunch of gigs at breweries and places like that so if y'all follow my Facebook you'll see that I'm playing shows um, and I am coming up with a lot of different ways to be safe during those shows I like built a plastic barrier <laughs> out of PVC pipe and shower curtain so, because, you know, musicians can be super spreaders um, because when you sing, your your stuff travels further. So there's a lot of anxiety still um, for me playing out and anxiety that, you know, maybe it's not setting the right example. Um, am I, you know, saying it's okay to be out, but at the same time, I am doing a lot of precautions and I have to pay my bills, you know, as a working musician. So for the future, I don't know. I, I really have been trying and I don't know if it's healthy or not to take things one day at a time um, with COVID and just be like, okay, this is, this is where we're at now. This is how people are feeling now. These are the precautions I can take. Um, to make myself and, and other folks feel safe. Um, but I will always be streaming and keep playing as many gigs out as I can. That's great to hear that 
even though this has put a dampening on yourself and definitely everybody, you know, I've heard the same thing from a lot of working musicians that it's, it's really tough right now, but it's, it's great that you've been able to make the move to, to make things work. And I totally understand the anxiety behind playing out, but it sounds like you've been very creative with ways to protect yourself and, and those around you that still want to kind of get out and enjoy things in somewhat of a normal life. I mean, we, we don't really even know what normal is anymore, but it, you know, it's great that you can keep giving out that, that gift of music to everybody. And, and, and that's fantastic. I mean, that's what we need right now is just creativity and, and as much support between each other as we possibly can in, in every genre of life right now as, as anxieties are constantly on the rise and and we're all looking for ways just to to make it through this thing a life together so so thanks for taking a part of that and i guess we're, we're starting to kind of get near the the end of our episode today and i was curious if there's anything you'd like to throw out as any last remarks to everybody anything that we failed to mention that you would like to to promote or just showcase today um <laughs> sorry to put you on the spot like that <laughs> Um, I guess, uh, let's just be loving to each other, you know, and accepting everyone deals with trauma differently. Um, and everyone processes trauma differently. And so when I see people judging each other, uh, by how they're handling COVID or whatever, let's just continue. My thing is to be understanding with each other and, you know, do what makes you feel safe um, and just just love each other through that process. And, um, yeah, be willing to change. Be willing to say, oh, I'm seeing things differently now or, you know, whatever. It, it's okay to evolve and, and change your perception um, of things. You know what I mean? So, yeah, and I'm just going to keep – trying to be the best that I can and um, being as safe as I can. And when folks come out to see me, I hope that they appreciate and, and feel that I'm, I'm trying, you know what I mean? And I'm not, I'm not going to stop trying. And for me, it's not just about making money either, even though I do need to pay my bills. I'm obsessed with music, you know, as I said, I'm audiophile and I just love doing it. It's what feeds my spirit. So I'm not going to stop. <laughs> I'll be out there. <laughs> but well, that's, that's pretty much it. <laughs> well, I love that, that motivation and that determination and, and those positive messages. Thank you so much for putting all that out there to all the listeners i know that they're absolutely going to love it i love it anytime that one of my guests uh likes to take a moment to try to bring everybody together and realize that we're all in this stuff together and not just in covid but just life you know we're out here making it we're out here doing our things we love and that's fantastic and ella thank you so much for coming on the podcast today i really appreciate it and to everybody listening be sure to go check out all these different links. There's a lot of great stuff that was included in today's episodes. So be sure to check out the radio show. Be sure to check out her social media, music, and all that fun stuff. And we'll catch you all next week on the Stories from Southwest Virginia podcast. <laughs>